If you can, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be reading verses 16 through 18. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1504. 1504. Matthew 6, verses 16 through 18. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Thus ends our reading of God's inerrant word. May all who hear it discover the true reward that comes from our Father in heaven. Have you ever thought about how much time you spend eating? Think about it for a second. Take dinner, for example. From, from the time you, you sit down and, and take that first bite and, until you have cleared your plate. Maybe you have spent 20 minutes, half an hour. Did you get seconds? Maybe a little longer? Who knows? Of course, dinner is just one meal of the day. We also have breakfast and we have lunch, not to mention all those snacks in between. When it's all said and done, you may be spending up to an hour to an hour and a half of your day eating. Taken over the course of a year, and you've spent roughly 15 to 22 days consuming food. But it's not just eating. For, for someone has to, has to shop for all of that food. And then there's the preparation for the meal. Someone needs to cook it. And of course, food isn't free, is it? So, so a portion of your working day are hours spent earning the cash that you need to buy that food. When you think about it, much of your time is spent on your stomachs. Now imagine if you lived in first century Israel, where there wasn't fast food, or sophisticated farms, where mass amounts of food were being produced for thousands of people, where, where growing crops and herding sheep required intense labor. Plus, they didn't have microwaves or gas ovens. No, they had to scour the land to find fuel to burn. For these people, even more of their time was centered around food. So, when, when Jesus brought up the topic of fasting, what he was talking about was a radical shift in one of the main focuses in a person's life. So what is fasting? Jody mentioned it when she was talking to the kids. Fasting, it is a de depriving oneself of food for a duration of time in order to understand man's need and God's provision. 
Basically, it is the practice of setting aside your preoccupation with food for a period of time in order to gain a deeper understanding of your frailty and of God's generosity. Now, in Scripture, there is only one time where God commanded his people to fast. And this fasting was to occur on a specific day of the year, the Day of Atonement. Look with me at Leviticus 16, verses 29 through 31. <clears throat> this is to be a lasting ordinance for you. On the tenth day of the seventh month, you must deny yourselves and not do any work, whether native-born or an alien living among you. Because on this day, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then, before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. It is a Sabbath of rest, and you must deny yourselves. It is a lasting ordinance. <clears throat> now, this denying of yourselves uh, incorporated a lot of things, but one of the things that the people were to not deny themselves of was food. And I find it interesting that the, the only specific example that we have of God commanding his people to fast was on the Day of Atonement. A day when his people were to reflect upon their own sins with contrition and repentance. You see, for the, for the Jew, there were mainly two reasons that they would observe a fast. And the first was as an act of repentance. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 3-6. through 6. We'll find an example of this here. And Samuel said to the whole house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then rid yourself of the foreign gods and the Ashtaroths, and commit yourselves to the Lord, and serve Him only, and He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their Baals and Ashtaroths, and served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel was leader of Israel at Mizpah. Here we see a whole nation repenting of their idolatry. And as a sign of their contrition, they fasted together. I mentioned there was two reasons. The, the, the second common reason that, that a Jew might fast was out of an expression of great sorrow. We see this just a book later in 2 Samuel. Look at 2 Samuel 1, verse 12. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the army of the Lord and the house of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. Here we see how David and his men reacted when they found out that King Saul and his son Jonathan had died in battle. They fasted. And so we see repentance and mourning as two of the most common reasons for this practice of fasting. But what is the, the key element that, that ties these things together? 
What is it about fasting that makes it so unique? Fasting is an act acknowledging that we do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. It shows man his helplessness and his need for God to sustain him. God is the author of life and of all good things. And fasting is a vivid reminder of that very fact. It is a humbling practice where where the pangs in, in one's stomach speak to a person of how desperate and reliant that they truly are and of how great and how gracious their God really is. So whether it is in a time of repentance, when one is expressing sorrow for their sins, or whether it is a time of mourning, where one is feeling those effects of sin, fasting is a clear reminder of our place in this world. We are creatures dependent upon our Creator. We are in need of His deliverance. With that being said, let's, let's jump into our text for today. If you remember, Jesus had been warning His disciples not to do their acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. And there were three critical areas that Jesus wanted to highlight for them. The giving of alms, prayer, and now fasting. And each of these things, when, when, they're, when they're done publicly, they run the danger of fueling a person's pride. Instead of being demonstrations of a person's love for God and their love for their fellow man, these things can be done in such a way to seek one's own glory above God's glory. Fasting is no different. Let's look at our first verse, Matthew 6, verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Just like with giving and with prayer, Jesus expects his disciples will fast. He doesn't say if you fast, but when you fast. Fasting is an oft-neglected practice in the West, and, and I think this is, this is so because we've been blessed with an abundance of food, have we not? And we can get it with relative ease. We have fast food chains and convenience stores. We, we, can have, we can have a meal in a moment's notice. Even stores like Myers, they now deliver food to your door. But, it, but it's not just the ease with which we get our food. But we live in a culture that, that focuses on getting everything you want as quick as possible. Right? That's what Amazon two-day shipping's for, right? You want it? Just go there. As a, as a society, we, we've lost the skill sets of patience. We no longer 
know how to wait for things. But just like giving and just like prayer, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then he expects that you will fast. But how are you to go about this practice? Once again, Jesus begins by telling his disciples what not to do. They were not to fast like the hypocrites. They were not to look somber as these men did when they disfigured their faces. What Jesus is talking about here was a common practice of the Pharisees during his day. You see, twice a week, the Pharisees would have days of fasting. And they would make sure that everybody knew when these days were. And the way they would do that was by avoiding their daily hygienic practices. Now, hygiene in the, in, in the first century looked slightly different than it does today. You see, people didn't bathe every day. Water was much more scarce. To, to clean themselves, they, they, they may splash a little water on their face, but then they would use lotions and, and fragrant, fragrant oils for both their skin and their hair. What the Pharisees did was they neglected such habits on their days of fasting. Instead, they, they would put on these filthy rags and cover their faces with, with ash to convey a dour demeanor. In this way, they made sure that everybody knew that they were being devout and faithful Jews. In essence, what they were doing, they were, they were taking this act that was supposed to bring them to a point of humility, and they were using it to bring about their own honor. Instead of it being about repentance and mourning, it became a public display of pride. Do you see how twisted that is? How many of you know what a humble brag is? Anybody ever heard, hear that saying before? No? A, a humble brag is a way of bragging about yourself, but, but by couching it in a, in a phony show of humility or, or suffering. An, an example of a humble brag might, might go something like this. Oh, I'm just, just sick and tired of all those organizations calling me and asking me for money. And, and the worst are, are from the, the two universities that I graduated from. Now, is this person really all that upset about being harassed for money? Of course not. It, it's just a premise. It's, it's to show off both their achievements and the fact that they have money to give. Christians can do the humble brag as well. It goes something like this. Oh, I'm, I'm so exhausted. After a full day's work and then serving at the soup kitchen, not to mention leading the evening Bible study. Oh, and by the way, I, I also have my personal devotional time. I'm just so tired. I may just have to take a Sabbath rest tomorrow. Is, this, is the purpose of this statement to talk about a person's exhaustion? Of course not. It's to show off their devotion to God. 
Now, while these examples may seem a bit exaggerated, this is exactly what we see the, the, the hypocrites doing. They, they would show to the world the, the suffering that they were enduring in order to brag about their dedication to the Lord. Jesus says that they have received the reward in full. They may get the honor, uh, the honor of men, but they will never receive the true reward that comes from fasting. Christ, he, he shows his disciples a better way. Look at verses 17 and 18. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus wants his disciples to fast in secret. They are to go about their day as if everything is normal. They are to put oil on their head and, and to wash their face. They are not to wear sackcloth or ashes. They are to follow the, their regular hygienic practices. If Jesus were to teach this today, he would probably tell you, take a shower, brush your teeth, comb your hair, wear, wear the clothes you normally wear, put a smile on your face. In other words, let your fasting be between you and your Father. Now, this, this isn't to say that you should lie to people. If a person is asking you why you are not eating, it's fine to tell them that you're fasting. Just don't flaunt it. Jesus wants reticence, not deception. Listen, the, the, the human heart is so deceptive that, that even this righteous act that is meant to be a humbling experience can be turned into a source of pride and sin. This, this is why Jesus wants you to fast in secret. He wants you to avoid the temptation that can come from fasting and to focus on the real goal, which is also the reward. For when you seek God in this way, you will come to a fuller understanding of your own frailty and of God's greatness and His provision. And, and your reward is seeing how He provides for all of your needs, whether it be food or forgiveness or even victory over death. But there is another thing that fasting does for you. It will, it will make you aware of all those who are around you that are in need. Think about it. When you feel the pangs of hunger in your stomach, it will draw you closer to those who are in want. Fasting helps you to experience their desperation. So this reward is twofold. It produces a greater love for your father and a greater love for your neighbor. Now, perhaps you have never fasted, and yet you're hearing this and, and wondering if you should start. 
I just want to remind you that, that fasting should be practiced with a purpose. Two of which are for repentance of sins and as an act of mourning when you have suffered a great loss. So don't, so don't just fast for the sake of fasting. Make sure you have purpose in your fasting. Now, as your pastor, I'd be remiss if I didn't, didn't mention a particular person who fasted for you. Look with me at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. In his efforts to fulfill all righteousness, Christ fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And he did this not because he had sinned, but because you have sinned. He went without in order to mourn over your iniquities, in order to weep over, over death, which has its stranglehold upon all creation. In his fasting, Jesus did what you cannot. He fulfilled all righteousness. So that when you repent, and when you mourn, you can come to your Father in fasting and experience both his love and his provision. And so, this brings us to a conclusion of Jesus' three warnings, all of which focus on our acts of righteousness that should be done in secret. In other words, you should do these things out of a pure motivation, out of a love for God and out of a love for your neighbor. Dear friends, the moment you are driven by pride, you lose your Father's reward. For the prize itself is becoming humble like His Son. Let us pray. Father, we confess that we have neglected this gift of fasting. We have become fat in our abundance. We pray now that, that you would tune our hearts so that they might be in sync with yours. Help us to, to grieve over our sins and to mourn over our losses. Help us to, to understand that, that you are our provider, giving us all good things. Guide us by your Holy Spirit. And may our focus be ever on your Son. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.